0: we're going through the book of Jonah and would love for you to turn there in your Bibles or Bible apps. You can uh, turn there. Uh, We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you if you want to follow along. And we're going to be in Jonah chapter four. We're finishing up our sermon series on Jonah here today. As you're you're turning there here, it's just some reflections here from this past week. Uh, how, How many of you have experienced God's grace here? Everybody should raise their hand right we 've all experienced god 's grace in and, 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 and so many different ways and and I was reminded in a powerful a powerful and heavy way this week of god 's grace and that uh, the relationships we have in our lives and the people and the loved ones that we have even here in this room together with us is a gift god 's grace means an undeserved gift and we 've been walking through the Book of Jonah and seeing. The extent of God's grace, the cost of God's grace to Jesus Christ to us. There's so many ways in which we experience God's undeserved gifts. The very fact that you are here today listening and you have ears to hear. You have hearing. Some of you have a little bit left. Some of you turned your your bell tone off so you don't hear me. This grace that we have those things. And this time of Thanksgiving is such an important time for us to remember all these different graces, these things in our lives that that are undeserved, right? We we pause in this time of the year to remember all the different ways. I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for food. Who's thankful for turkey? Going to have lots of it. Mashed potatoes? Yes, sir. Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. We're thankful for the ones who are around the table together with us. We don't know, we don't know when the things that we have will be gone. This week was a profound reminder of that for me as I've been walking along with the family. Some of you may know uh, Brittany Holstein or Brittany Olson and Mitch and the tragic death of Mitch here this past week. Young family, three kids, one on the way. And, and, and this this tragic accident is, is such a profound reminder that, that we don't have control. Everything in this life, every moment together that we have with the people we love is a gift. We're entitled to nothing in this life because this is a sinful, broken world. Sin has brought death into this world and just destroyed God's good, perfect plan, and God's 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 way of redeeming that is through His Son, Jesus Christ, entering hell for us, entering our individual hells with us. It's a reminder that every moment we have together is grace. And we want to remember that. We want to receive that. It's also a reminder that those around us We don't know how much time that they have. And they may not know about the grace of Jesus Christ. They may not know about hope for eternity. Because happiness in this life is fleeting. But friends, we're eternal. All of us. And we don't deserve eternity with our Father in heaven. We deserve the justice of God. And, and, and it's only through grace, through Jesus Christ dying in our place, through receiving him and bringing us back to the Father that, that we have that privilege, that honor, that grace of eternal life. And this is heavy things, but this is significant. We need, as the story of Jonah's, Jonah reminds us, if we've received the grace of God of salvation, how can we not share it with others who don't know it, even if there are enemies? If you haven't turned there, to read Jonah 3 verse 10 through the rest of the chapter. It's on the screen here. God saw their actions, that of Nineveh, that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from, their, from the disaster he had threatened them with. And he did not do it. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place East of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you've been concerned about this vine. Though you did not tend to it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh, more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle all as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, open our hearts to hear you, to receive you. The Lord, where your grace is stopped, where we've got some spiritual cholesterol or blockages in our hearts that that, that keep the grace that we receive from that you give us from flowing out into the rest of our lives. Lord God, we pray you would break that free today. Lord, may we be your agents of grace, your vessels of grace. Lord, that the world may know, Lord, that many would come to salvation. Jesus, encounter you through us. Holy Spirit, come upon me, your servant, to proclaim your word and change me, your broken servant. In your name we pray, amen. As Courtney with the kiddos did a great recap of this great story of Jonah, it's important that even though, as Courtney read it to the kiddos, we can oftentimes come to the story of Jonah and and minimize it and make it very much a, 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 a kid 's story this is this is history. it actually happened it 's not fiction, which is significant it 's it's, it's, it's written in such a crafty way though that it makes us think though this can 't have really happened. we can easily just relegate it to some kind of fairy tale, but this actually happened this is factual history. It's Jonah, this man who who rebelled against God. He's God's servant. He rebelled against him. God showed him grace. He rocked his boat and rocked his world to show him grace, to bring him back to himself because he does that with all of us, right? He rocks our world, not to harm us, but to bring us back to us to himself. And Jonah knew that he had encountered the grace of God. He knew it. He cried out in the stinky, yucky belly of a fish. Cried out and worshipped to God. And he obediently went after God's work to tell the Ninevites God's message. And we come here to this point that the message has gone out and like wildfire, the good news or the bad news, Spread among the Ninevites, they all repent, they turn to God. They, 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 they're changing. It's it's genuine, it's real. And Jonah is so excited. He is so happy that there's that they were saved. He's throwing a party for them, right? anybody pay attention there? No. <laughs> wrong story, wrong Jonah, right? This is where 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 the story is beautiful, and, and, and it tells our story as well. The Iron Jonah's angry. I mean, I mean, it says he's exceedingly angry. Like the Jonah is extra. I mean, the dude is full on uh, 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 drama king, super diva, extra. The dude says, "Because God saved them, let me die." Oh, I can't take it. My gosh the dude's got a bad attitude. It's horrible. This response was not just Jonah's instinct towards the Ninevites. They were horrible. For those of you who walked through the story, they were murderous people. They did not just horrible, despicable things to nations, to people. They were a uh, torturous in their treatment of human life. They deserve judgment. Jonah's not wrong in that. But so did Jonah. Jonah deserved God's judgment as well. Jonah deserved to die. Jonah deserved God's holy justice himself, but God spared him. What's going on here? Why wouldn't, what's keeping Jonah from extending the same kind of grace he's received to these enemies? It's the same thing. It happens to us. The fact that Jonah the, the fact that Jonah just wants them to die then he goes up on the hill and it's like he's got some popcorn and he's just waiting like, you know hoping that fire from from heaven's going to come down and just scorch the people Why is his response His response is much like ours our hearts get bitter too even though we've received God's grace, there are people in our lives that, that we struggle to, re, to extend that to. There's, there's people around the world, people even in our own community, people in our own family that we struggle to extend God's grace to. Leslie Allen, a Bible scholar, writing in the World Biblical Commentary, says, this, a Jonah lurks in every Christian heart, whimpering his insidious message of smug prejudice. Empty traditionalism, exclusive solidarity. He that has ears to hear, let him hear and allow the saving love of God, which has been outpoured in his own heart, to remold his thinking and social orientation. There's this human condition that we all have where, where, where we can create double standards that, that, we're, that we're worthy of receiving God's grace and patience and kindness, but, but certain people are not. We're, we're, we, have, we are the same kinds of people with double standards who think we should be treated with a certain way from others, but, 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 but they don't deserve it from us. We're guilty of the same kind of narcissistic, self-centeredness, compartmentalized lifestyle. All of us are brought to equal ground in need of the cross, in need of Christ to to redeem us and change our hearts so that we extend his grace to all people just like Jesus has extended it to us. Who might be those people In your life? Where where might be that tendency for a double standard for you, like Jonah? Where where, where might God's grace not be freely flowing? Is it a family member? Is it a friend, a co worker? Is it a specific people group? When you think of of, of the grace of God, of being in heaven and, and, and the joy and peace and love of God for eternity, who do you not want to be there? Where is that grace being stopped in your life? Jesus tells a parable of this very point. Peter asks him, how many times do I forgive? You know, in the Jewish tradition, there was a, they actually had a number. Like, if you've forgiven them so many times, then you're done. Like, you're, you're off duty. Like, you, you, you've tried, <laughs> and they're just damned. Jesus goes into the story of this, this un, called the unmerciful servant, and, and, and there's this king, and, 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 and the servant owes him an enormous amount of money. The guy cannot pay it off, ever. Millions and millions of dollars in debt. And, and, and he's working at Quick Trip. He can't pay it off. Ever. And what that means is not just jail for him, but jail for his family. And what that means is slavery for him and his family for the rest of his life. And he goes to the king and he pleads, would you please have mercy on me? I'll try my best to pay back. Please have mercy. And the king king says, I'm going to cancel your debt. I'm I'm going to cancel it all. And you know what that servant does is that servant goes off and he finds another servant who owes him like 10 grand, a small amount that can be paid, owes him 10 grand. And he goes off and he's straying him, pay me now. The king hears about this. And he has that, 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 that servant dragged it before him, and, and he gives him the right act, and he explains to him, I forgave you a debt that's insurmountable. And yet you're going after this other servant about something so small. What, how, how can you... Throwing you into jail. You deserve judgment. You will pay off, or won't pay off, your debt ever. Jesus is illustrating... How can we, it's impossible for us to put a limit on forgiveness, to put a limit on grace to others when the gift that he's given us cannot be quantified, does not ever end. It's so intense and so unconditional and it's so overwhelming. The grace he has for you. You are so loved, friends. Every one of you here, you are so loved you are seen in your struggle and your pain and he's with you, you and you are known in, in your deepest darkest secrets and and, and and sins and he knows you and, and you are loved friends you are loved and jesus paid for you you're loved at the cost of jesus how can we not extend that to others If we've received that grace, David Platt says this, every saved person, this side of heaven, (coughs) owes the gospel to every lost person this side of hell. Whoa. That's heavy. But think about that. Guys, we received the gospel, the good news from others who, who, who were faithful and let God's grace flow through them. Is this not the case for everyone, including those that we're in conflict with, those who have hurt us, those who are enemies, those who are imposing uh, cultural values that are immoral and wrong, and, and these, these, these culture wars or, or, or political wars in our system. All people are God's creation. He loves them, and He wants them to know His grace because all of us are enemies, His enemies, at some point. God to illustrate this point. Response to Jonah. Hey, God, you know, you see Jonah's <coughs> We see Jonah's drama and his extra and being diva and all that. And then you see God's response to him is so kind, so compassionate, just as Jonah knows, like he calls him out. And, and, and God's question and an invitation to Jonah to look at his heart. Do you do well to be angry? Are you right to be angry? You know, you and I—I I don't know about you guys. I—I I, I would be kind of—I'd be kind of flipping out on. I, this would really tap all the parenting skills that I've got. When I—if I see one of my kids acting like this, I, I struggle with patience. Anybody struggle with patience? I struggle with patience, and I would not be patient like God. Here is and have this nice teacher. Let's sit down and let's talk, Jonah. Are you right to be angry about that? God is so good, right? Jonah ignores God. He knows the answer. He doesn't want to respond, right? Do you have any kids that do that? Or have you had students or anything like that? Like you're having that teachable moment. They're just like, like, I'm not listening. Uh, I don't know what you're saying. Jonah goes up on the city hill. And he's 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 out under the sun. He's gonna watch. He's like again. I I'm I'm waiting for the show. Let's see God's judgment come down. And uh, <clears throat> and there's this kind of uh uh shade that he's he's looking for. Cause it's, it's hot. And, and I'm sure Jonah, like many prophets, you know, men of God, they're bald, you know, and and their heads fully exposed. And the sun beats down on them, and it's, it's uncomfortable, and, and God's seeing the poor man's baldness because, you know, it's such a disability. And uh, um, a sign of holiness, I mean. Uh, bald, bald is beautiful. Amen? Can I get it out there? Bald, a few of us out there. I see you holy men out there. Yes. So he's on the hill. God, God in his kindness, brings some, some shade from that discomfort for him. God's about to teach Jonah, another lesson here, right? And we know how this ends, right? God provides the shade. And, and, and the language is intentional. God appointed the plant. God appointed a worm. God appointed the scorching heat in the wind. God is intentionally at work in the circumstances of our lives in order to draw us to himself. This plant that he causes to grow up, and Jonah loves it. Jonah's digging this. You know, he's, this is fantastic. What a great thing. And, And then, and then, and then it's gone. And Jonah is just angry again, full on again, diva, I should die. I mean, the dude is so extra, so crazy. Just let me die. And God comes back to Jonah with this moment. Once again, with the same question. Do you do well to be angry? Do you have a right to be angry? God pointing this out to Jonah was to expose, you prefer, your priority is your comfort. Your priority is you. Your temporary pleasures in this life, your priorities i misplaced. You didn't even create this plant. I created these people. I created them. And I want them to be set free. I want them to be redeemed. My love isn't just for Israel. It's not just for the Jews. It's for all people everywhere. No matter what they're going through. No matter what shade and co- of color of skin. No matter what, what culture and language. No matter what kind of temptations and sins they struggle with. My love is for everyone everywhere at all times. Because they're my creation. And you are concerned about your comfort. Jonah, your priorities are off. Man, guys, it is so good that we are not like Jonah, right? Right? It's so good that he is some kind of special ugly and messed up, right? We are gonna pray for Jonah for a prayer meeting after service here. For Jonah, even though he's dead five, 2,000 years ago. We're like Jonah, right? God's working in our lives to disrupt you and me. To show us the idols, the things in our lives that are misguided priorities, the little things that get in the way, that we're more concerned about our comforts. We're more concerned about our temporary pleasures and, and happiness and, and these things than we are about people. Whose eternal condition is that thing? It's eternal. Their, 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 their destiny is not momentary and temporary, like our pleasures, like our comfort. God's disturbing our lives in different ways, and you experience that. God's gentle and kind. He's trying to get your attention for your good, to remind us, to show us that. There's something so much more important here. And you know what? When we let God's grace come through us to those who don't deserve it in our lives, you know what we experience? An enormous, intense of that grace itself. We experience and encounter that grace in a way we never knew before. You know what? I want to say this. You've never really experienced God's grace until you've given it to others. In fact, if you have... If you are unwilling to show grace to other people, if you are unwilling to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people, there's a question mark of whether you are actually saved yourself. This is heavy, I know. But this is truth. If you are unwilling to extend Jesus, where he showed himself to you, where he's given himself for you, if we have cut that off and we will not do that, we will not give that to others, friends, I don't know if you're saved. I don't know that you've ever received him. God's also at work in little ways in our lives. How is he working? Where are the priorities that he's showing you? This is this is mismanaged. These are good things. That vine wasn't bad, but for Jonah, that vine was more important than other people. That priority, that, 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 that pleasure was misguided. In Tim Keller's book, Rediscovering Jonah, he's got this poem. He shares John Newton. Uh, have you ever heard of the song Amazing Grace? I mean, all of us have heard the song Amazing Grace, right? The guy, this guy, John Newton, wrote that song. He, and he has a poem that he wrote in response to Jonah, in Jonah chapter 4. And I want to share this with you, because it really gets to our hearts as well. I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace, might more of his salvation know, and seek more earnestly his face. I hoped that in some favored hour at once he'd answer my request and by his love's constraining power subdue my sins and give, my, give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Yea, more the, with, this, with his own hand he seemed intent to aggravate my woe Crossed all the fair designs I schemed, blasted my vine of comfort and laid me low. Lord, why is this? I trembling cried. Wilt thou pursue thy worm to death? Tis in this way, the Lord replied. I answer prayer for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set you free. And break thy, thy schemes of earthly joy, that thou mightst find thy all in me. John Newton, hundreds of years ago, knew this very thing. The Lord was using the circumstances in his life to bring to the surface these things in his heart and his mind in, in order for the Lord to, to, to skim it off the top, in order for the Lord to set him free, in order for the Lord to replace those things with Himself, what is he doing now in your world, in your heart, in your life? You see, the story of Jonah, it ends in a particular way. It ends with a question mark. The story of Jonah ends in a very unique way. The question mark implicates that you and I are the ones who answer the question, the readers. We don't know what happened with Jonah. We don't know, we don't know what, what, what would happen next between him and God and the Ninevites. We don't know. And that's intentional. The author of this left it this way for you and I to respond to God's question. There's more than 120,000 people here. Should I not care about this city? Should I not care about these people? You and I finish the story and tell the rest of the story with our lives? Will we let these temporary things, our comfort, our temporary pleasures, replace and take priority over the care of others and the the eternal destiny of their souls? How will we respond? How will we here at Grace Community Church tell this, the rest of the story? David Platt has this quote, the price is certainly high for people who don't know Christ and who live in a world where Christians shrink back from self-denying faith and settle into self-indulging faith. Do you hear the difference? While Christians choose to spend their lives fulfilling the American dream instead of giving their lives to proclaiming the kingdom of God, literally billions in need of the gospel remain in the dark. As I mentioned earlier in the tragic death here of Mitch Olson, this young man and father and husband, son. We don't know when those around us, when their time will come. I was fortunate to have the privilege to pray with Mitch as we did premarital counseling together to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. You don't know when others around us, when their time will come. Every day is grace. Every moment is grace. Every relationship, the time with the relationships around us is grace, is a gift of God. As we respond to Jonah, as we respond and, and close this whole sermon series up, the whole book has been about will we be like Jonah or will we be like God? Or put another way, friends, how are we? Like Jonah, because we are, right? If we're going to be humble and honest, we're all like Jonah. But it doesn't stop there. How can we become more like God? Let's go to him. Let's go to the cross. Because that's where it all starts, right? We won't give grace unless we've received it. Let's come to the cross. Receive forgiveness for where we've made other things priorities. Where we've cut off others and said, Lord, they don't deserve it. But we've created that double standard. We believe we do. Let's ask forgiveness. Let's receive God's grace that we don't deserve. That we may give it. Remember, friends, the things in our lives, God's, God's stirring your world in different ways, in subtle ways, in kind ways, in patient ways, and sometimes profound ways. He's wanting to get your attention. He wants to set you free. that his grace can freely flow through you and me. I'm going to have the worship team come on down. If God, if there are things that are just right there on the surface, and you need prayer in terms of helping, Lord, I need your help to release these things in my life. There's, there's issues of forgiveness, or there's, there's issues of priorities that are out of place, and you just need some prayer, and you need some help. Come, come and, and reach out to, to myself or Pastor Jose or one of the other leaders, elders here. And their wives. Let's go to the Lord here, friends. Father, we respond as we consider Jonah. And just the weight of this message. The weight of Jonah's example. That how absurd it is of his response to your kindness to Nineveh, his enemies. Lord, in the same way, how absurd it is in us. That we would withhold your grace from those around us. Or we would be so self-centered, so narcissistic that we just don't even want to give your grace. We don't want to share about you with others. God, forgive us. God, where where we are like Jonah and and there are other priorities, other things that (coughs) are temporary and just not that important, that we that we've let be more important in our lives than other people and their destiny for eternity. God, forgive us. Make us aware of these things. We want to be free, God. We realize that these things, that though they give us pleasure in the moment, though they feel good, though, though they're a source of comfort for us, God, they're ultimately destroying our soul, God. <laughs> forgive us. Help us, Father that we might be free, that we can experience your grace and your grace could flow freely through us to others. God, we are so blessed by you. You are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank you for showing that kindness to us that we don't deserve. In your name we pray. Amen.